OTP on a Wednesday. It is October the 24th. Uh, You are correct in surmising that we are not on our normal day, but that is because it is the bye week and everybody and their brother gets out of Dodge tomorrow. I'm not hearing Amy Wells. Is her microphone working okay? Want to make sure that it's not just me. Amy, maybe it's by design. Maybe somebody has, maybe it's happened. Okay. Me. I, there's okay? Jim. There's Jim Wyatt. Now, I hear him. Now, the great this, Jim Wyatt this, is here. This is not our. Uh, this is back-to-back Wednesdays, though. That's right. Yeah. But next week we go back to Thursdays, and so Amy Wells is here and back from London. I'm back from London. Hey. Hello. Fresh and happy, and the great Jim Wyatt is here from TitansOnline.com. Are you still in a London fog? No. No, I'm okay. I can't by the way, by the way, the London fog, the best London fog of everybody was Jim White. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't sleep on the plane going over. Right. Then he gets right. to London, he doesn't sleep. That's right. I see him Sunday morning, he slept. How much are you just- I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating when I say I slept the entire trip from the time we left here at <laughs> Took off at four o'clock. The time we got back at what was it, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. I slept a total of five hours. Wow, that's oh. ma- that's maxing it out too. It, Didn't it, sleep at all on the plane. You know, he yep. looked like when we were young people. <laughs> there was no Red Bull. Right. There was no doze. That's what we took to stay awake for yes. to pull all nighters yes. in high school and college. We uh-huh. took no doze. And it was supposed to be like what two cups of coffee. Take a no doze, and it was two cups of coffee. That sounds healthy. It, well. And so what we would do, of course, is we would take more than one, and then some of us would drink our Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> coffee, and so it would be like crazy. So when I saw Jim Sunday morning before we took the bus to the stadium, Jim had the look like like all of us used to years and years ago. But here's the thing. You got a lot done. You got to see yes, a lot. You watched all your ball games. Yes. You did everything you wanted to do. That's a, I did, and uh, and uh, I had some, th- you know, f- there were some thoughts along the way. Okay, I need to get a nap. Need to sleep here, and I, I kept going back to, hey, I'm in London. I said, when am I going to be back here again? Uh, I wanted to experience it. I did what I said I was going to do about my run that morning. We got there at six six thirty in the morning. The sun was coming up. We had a little time uh, where I could have napped then, but I went for my run, and it worked. For about couple, for about an hour, and then I was thinking, dang, I should have probably taken a nap. But uh, so I started pounding the coffee, and then we went to. <laughs> when I saw him at practice on Friday, he was like, "Have you seen anything? What's going on? What's happening?" I mean, he was, he had this horrible look on his face, like he had just <laughs> taken the poli sci final. And he yeah. and he couldn't quite get over it. It was yeah. it, was it was such was like a flashback. All week, I probably had 12, 14 cups of coffee over there, but I made it through. And it's amazing. I got a second win, a third win, a fourth win. I, I made it through. And, you did uh, a beautiful job. Very proud of you. And I know uh, the readers of TitansOnline.com were appreciative, and all of your Twitter followers were yeah, appreciative. It was fun, and and I was certainly you know sometimes when you send out you go to a place like London. We've never been to London on a road trip right. before, but certainly we've been to some pretty cool places. And sometimes when I tweet out pictures, I don't want people to think, okay, this okay this guy's flaunting that he's in London. I'm sending that out because I people that follow me that are Titans fan, I kind of want them to experience it and see some sure. of the stuff that I'm seeing. So uh, it was cool, and I was you know maybe there's one guy that said, oh yeah, it looks like this team really focusing on work you know looking at the london eye or looking at you know tower bridge and and making the rounds but the majority of the people and he was the only one most people said hey most thanks people for sharing it. the trip sure. thanks for showing us where you where you are and uh so it was cool to be there cool to meet so many people and it was a great experience other than the the ending of the game but right. even in that i thought a lot of positive signs came from this trip for the Titans on the field and just kind of progress being made and hopefully pick up after the bye week. Hermione, uh, tell me about <laughs> your that London your London experience. It was awesome. Was able to you get did out the Harry Potter stuff, stuff, did you? I didn't do all of the Harry Potter stuff, but that was all I cared about was seeing Harry Potter and things I've seen in movies. Everything that I know about London is from Harry Potter books, basically. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, that says a lot about your education <laughs> well, there, no, doesn't it? Well, no, it's true. Well, I mean, 
Wow. That's just, that's what was important to me. Dr. Wells, you're so proud right <laughs> now. Shout out to the University <laughs> yeah, of Missouri yeah, for that. Yeah, shout out to your father <laughs> who's thrilled right now hearing that news. No, but <laughs> so I wanted to see as many things as I could, and I made it as far as platform nine and three quarters, yes. and that was a big deal for me, and I did lots of shopping, and so I bought a lot of Harry Potter merchandise. I've already started planning a return trip because there's more that I want to do. Oh, we yeah. actually had to do our jobs at some point. And so there were so many other things I wanted to get to that I just didn't. But it was pretty spectacular still. What surprised you most about London that you did not know? You know, it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. I didn't realize that the city is full of that many people. And we had even talked about it last week about how big of a city it is. Right. But until you get there and see it, it just... It's so spread out. There's so many things that you can do, and it's a little tough to get around. Traffic's um, all yeah, yeah, traffic is the tough. worst that I've ever seen, probably. Um, but it there's just so much to do there. I was shocked. I felt like we were going all day looking at sites and seeing all these different things, and we didn't even hit a fifth of the things that we could have done in one day. Hey, Amy's right. I mean, you, you had to kind of squeeze in times. I mean, I, I know Friday was a busy day. We got there. We had to, we had to practice, had the availability. You know, I went to the pub on Friday night, and it was incredible to turn out of Titans fans there. And then at, after that, it was probably 8.39. And then I thought, okay, this is a window. I had a window where I could – I actually headed to the, the tube – uh, and potentially was going to try to go home. Tell at that people time. what the tube is. The tube is, I guess, the the subway system right. where people can get around, which I need to take advantage of next time I'm there because I ended up going to Uber um, most of the time uh, because the tube shuts down uh, late. You know, shuts down early. You know, here you'd like to see it run all through the night, but it was shutting down at at midnight. And I knew, uh, you know, I had to make a decision on what I was going to do. I was going to go back to the hotel, whether I was going to experience this. I picked my window. So I stayed out from like 9 to probably 1, one thirty in the morning. That's when I kind of did my sightseeing at night. And I hoofed it. I probably And then the, I got up the next morning on Saturday. After an hour of sleep. Yep, and did it again. That's when I saw, and we had to get checked for our passports. We had to get up real early for that. So I had another window when I went downtown and saw Buckingham Palace and kind of went back to Parliament and saw a lot of the things I saw at night during the day. But I don't think I saw probably a tenth of what I wanted to see, but I saw a lot. And uh, I was amazed at just the architecture, the you know, the building, the history, uh, how beautiful of how a city old it, it was, how old it is. Right. Uh, how, I mean, people were very friendly. Uh, I couldn't believe how many pubs they had. I mean, people were drinking all hours of the day. Again, m- most of the time they were drinking in the morning, though, because they, they shut down. Like your college experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so because they, they have to shut these places down because mm-hmm. the tube shuts down at, at midnight. So these bars that stay open in Nashville till 2, 30, 3 o'clock in the morning, they're closing up shop early, but people get get started early over there. But uh, it was uh, it's a beautiful city. The traffic's incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. and I went to, you know, been to – California many times. I was in L.A. this summer, and the London traffic's a lot worse than California. And I don't know if it's because of the amount of cars on the road or just how tight some of these roads are in the city that, you know, it's tough to navigate, and it slows things down. You get boxed in. You can't get out. Uh, I spent, you know, an hour and a half in the back of an Uber on what should have probably been uh, a 30-minute ride back on Saturday. For me, two things. Uh, first of all, the people are absolutely wonderful. Yes. If for a minute you're you're looking for any ally that we have in the world, it's the British. Mm-hmm. They are so nice to us, and so, they're so glad you're there. They're helpful. They're not making fun of you. They're, I, I mean, it is the, the welcoming part of the experience is one of the best parts. The second thing is they really do say all those things. They really do <laughs> say brilliant. Yep. Um, and, and th- you know, all the phrase, cheerio, cheerio and cheers and rubbish mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff. So somebody asked me before we went, they go, hey, you going to use some of them words on the radio? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not going to use words. That's their, that, that are, you know, That's I, their because thing. I thought that was sort of made up like you're watching masterpiece theater type stuff. But they really do. Uh-huh. And when they say it, it's just the most darling thing in the world. It really is. <laughs> it they sure are. is darling, Mike. They you're are, right. <laughs> uh, they are just wonderful. I'll say this too, and we'll we'll wrap on this. 
if you ha- ever have a chance to go, go. Mm-hmm. It, it's Do it. phenomenal. I will go back. Yep. I, I want to go back with my family. Yeah, yeah I, will, I, I, will, I will go back. There's no doubt. The second thing, too, the enthusiasm for the National Football League. Banana. It was so much fun mm-hmm. to see. So we're, we're pulling into the stadium, and you've got jerseys from every team, and you've got people who are so into it to be there. And I had uh, uh, someone who drove me. Who's not personally, but a Jeez, uh, Mike, uh, what kind of a trip? I took a ride. I took a ride back to the hotel. And (laughs) and he said, listen, he goes, the only American sport we follow is football. He goes, don't care about basketball, don't care about baseball, don't you know, we know some of your stars. We know a Michael Jordan or a a great race car driver, whatever, but we don't know your sports. But we know American football. And I find that so interesting and and I think Sunday proved that to me. Definitely did. And 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 just to kind of hit on that even more just the how much they love the the titans i mean i couldn't believe mm-hmm. people you know people from germany and from you know france and, and from switzerland United and switzerland Kingdom. yay yeah, and switzerland i mean they were people from all over uh the map there wearing titans gear but they were wearing gear of of every team in the league and you know you could see it at the pub you could see it during the you know in the city as people walk down the street and then as we pulled up to Wembley you could see it on the sidewalk and got into the stadium it had a Super Bowl feel to it uh just the excitement all the way through um it it was uh it blew me away I'll tell you I'll be totally honest I went into this trip annoyed I felt like this is going to be more work than it's worth it's a game at the end of the day this is what we're going for this is just a lot of to do and it's frustrating and there was a lot of planning. Yeah. Even, I, on, even on our end, there had to be a lot of planning. Absolutely. And so I went into this trip with a very bad attitude. I just did. I am, I was 1,000% wrong. I was completely and totally wrong. That was an amazing experience for us, for us as an organization. It was, playing in Wembley Stadium is incredible. Just the environment, the way the crowd was, it was crazy. That was such a good thing. It was awesome to see this Titans team represented by all of these different countries being able to engage with fans who never would have the opportunity to see this team play. And how many fans mentioned the OTP? Tons! From overseas. It was great! Amy got recognized. Were you getting in a cab? I was getting in an Uber. Okay. Yeah. And uh, my from friend Switzerland? from Switzerland stopped me and thanked What's his me name? for the OTP. I don't know. Sven? Remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I really Sweden, don't. But he was so kind and just so excited that we did the OTP because that it was Titans news that he was able to get every I, week. I actually had a gentleman stop me on the street mm-hmm. away from the pub who was from Germany. Yeah. And much to the shock of the people I was with, it knew exactly. And that doesn't happen. But he said, you know, I've. I watch the videos, I read Jim online, mm-hmm. I know who Amy is. I mean, mentioning people by name so you know this wasn't some setup. <laughs> Somebody, yeah. hey, let's get Mike Keith <laughs> here. Um, which would be good. Which would be, a really, <laughs> which would be a really good one. Let's trick him, make him think people know who he is in Germany. But this guy, he you know, was so nice. And I knew the Germans. Uh-huh. The Germans responded to NFL Europe well. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. really well. NFL Europe did well in Germany. Germans like American football. They uh-huh. like they like rough games. You know, we've seen uh, German people come to the United States and play in the NFL. So right. that's not totally surprising in that way. But that's that's an area where it's really caught on. It's it was crazy. We met people from Poland and Austria and everywhere, and to see them not only be NFL fans or like Green Bay Packers fans or. Patriots fans, but to have so many Titans fans overseas, it blew me away. And I was 1,000% wrong in everything I thought about this trip. It was incredible. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I'm going to try to find because I, I do, I'll cross paths. Uh, you know, you do a lot with people from, from around the world through your mailbag and everything. Yes, and that's what I kind of discovered You know, going in. I thought, you know, I, I kind of knew a little bit about what to expect because I had a lot of people tell me, hey, they're, they're heading to the game. They're going to be representing this here. Here is German Titans fans, uh, this German Titans 
EV official Titans fan club. They had a, a big group at the pub. I saw a guy. Oh yeah. Uh, you know from Buckingham Palace that was there. They were wearing these. They were wearing these. I don't know where we would get a camera angle, but they were wearing these jackets and shirts. And they uh, certainly don't know that that's officially licensed, but okay. No. Yeah, <laughs> so they were wearing the Germany. shirts. I know they dropped a shirt off for, uh, you know, to Brett Kern. Uh, yeah. And I talked to, you know, several. Tim, I think, is the guy that I talked to there. They were, uh, they were well represented. Well, I hope that all of those who were there who spoke to us and said nice things to us and to everybody with the organization know how much we appreciate them. Oh, my gosh. I mean, to, to have that happen for what we do, that means so much. And I think, to me, that made the trip. Oh, yeah. That made the Easily. whole trip. And, and the people from Nashville, too, and the people from different parts of the United States who came, uh, even some of the Chargers fans that we met, mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was really a good experience except for the end. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and the que- but the question is, can you do that every year? I mean, because it is an exhausting trip, a lot of work. I know the ops guys spent, I mean, they spent five six months putting this thing together. Made four or five trips. Yeah, over a couple there. of our a couple of our folks went four different times. So all that work for for one game. And but you would know how to do it then. Though. You would know how to do it, and because um, J- it's not that way for Jacksonville now. Right, if you talk the Jags to, have it down to a science. Yeah, if you talk to because they play there every year. If you talk to their people, they don't even always take the bye after that week, do they? No, not always. I think I don't know what they're doing this year, but it, I think they've gone fifty fifty whether or not they take a bye afterwards. They're just they know how to do it. They know what needs to happen in advance, and they just run it off. We hope they don't know how to do it this week. Yeah. Because they're over there. I would be happy if they lost. So, okay, and the fact that they're there has brought up even more conversations about whether that could potentially be a be a, a full-time home for them. I don't know whether that will ever happen. but uh, I think they can do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can do it, which, of course, would put this team – in a situation where it's traveling over there every year as long as it remains. But remember, we started this, we we said this, and I'll go around and I'll ask everybody. Before the trip, if you were told a team in your division moved to London, would you be okay with that having to go every year? My answer would have been no. Yeah, my My answer would have been no, too. As long as I can have a bye week afterward, and I could, you know, be honest with you, I think I'm, my body's back on track. Uh, but you're, but you, what would it. you have said I beforehand? I would have said no before. All right, I'd so say, what would you say I'd now? I'd say yes now. I'd say yes. I would say yes. I would go to London every year. I'd put up with whatever we had to put up with in terms of the travel or whatever. I mean, that experience is such, mm-hmm. and uh, – yeah, I think they can do it. The Titans operations crew is screaming upstairs they're screaming. right now. I can hear them. Yes, there <laughs> will be guns drawn when we walk out of here. Uh, but those guys, uh, Brent Akers, Chris Matuzak, uh, Max Curtis, I, I mean, th- those guys, they work. Chris Parnell, who cooks the food, mm-hmm. was over there. Um, really just a, a phenomenal job by them to make everything go so smoothly from the practices. And I know Coach Rabel, and I don't mean to speak for him, but I've heard him say this, he was so pleased. Mm-hmm. He, well, he even mentioned them in the post game, And uh, and then the equipment guys, a lot of work for them oh, too, yeah. sending yep. th- things over at different times and making sure uh, had enough equipment to practice and had the right cleats to play on that field because it wasn't a great surface. That's one thing about it is uh, that's a different surface than it's the soccer team play on. It's mm-hmm. a soccer field. And you had to have the long studs. And you encountered that on the sideline. What were you getting from all of that, Amy? Oh, my gosh. Well, the grass was wet the entire time. Apparently, I learned this about soccer, they try and basically flood the field before a soccer game because they want everything to be slippery because they're lighter guys and they want the ball to slide faster. So that's what they did for a football game as well. So the grass was wet. I reached down and, and it's felt not it. all grass. No, it's not all grass. It's a synthetic thing that they. It's basically like weave for your hair on the grass. For whose hair? For anybody's hair. Okay, I'm not I saying you, you have a, a statement weave. There. No, I'm not saying you have a weave. Okay. I'm just saying like people who get hair extensions. Right. It's the same type of thing, but for grass. So they take like a blade of grass or a clump of grass and then put other grass around it to keep it all in the ground. And they were having to wear the long cleats? They were wearing their longer cleats. It was wet the entire time. There was a, um, uh, what do I say, a punt return okay. where everyone was slip slide. It was like a slip and slide. Like everybody was on their like stomachs just sliding on the field. But the problem that our equipment guys were having was that it was 
coming up in the guy's cleats. Right. So, like, it started as soon as guys ran out through the tunnel onto the field. As soon as they finished with the national anthem, Joey Bronco, our assistant equipment manager, had guys' cleats in his hands, and they had grates on the ground. They had what looked like screwdrivers that they were digging huge clumps of turf out of these guys' cleats. Wow. He had a drill so he could tighten the actual, like, spikes on their cleats back onto their shoes. It was like Santa's workshop for the entire game. And I asked him at one point, I said, how many times do you think you're going to have to do this for guys' cleats? He goes, every second of every minute of this game. The good news is there were no international incidents involving our travel party, thank goodness, except for almost one. Oh, gosh. You on the sidelines. Oh, I almost went to a British jail. (laughs) She was nearly arrested. (laughs) That's not really true. It's kind of dramatic. But in that moment, during the first quarter, apparently there's a difference between the National Football League in America and the NFL UK and where you can stand on the sidelines and where you can be. The way that the advertisements work over there is they have video boards that are around Mm -hmm. the... They have dasher boards. Yeah, that are around the field. And whereas in America, we usually have them up high and on the scoreboard and stuff. They had very few advertisements on the actual Jumbotron. Mm -hmm. They're all around the field. So they have issues with who can actually be on the field and who can be standing in front of those boards. And it was probably, oh, five minutes into the fourth first quarter that someone comes and gets me and says you can't be here <laughs> and i was like what do you mean i can't be here i'm on the sidelines what i'm the you, sideline reporter what would you have given to her here that conversation oh my gosh <laughs> and so we have titan security involved nfl league <laughs> office people from america nfl uk involved like i like how got, you say from america well That's i mean uh, the nfl and then nfl uk everybody's involved and they're all on walkie talkies talking to different people who have no clue who the other person has talked to. So it was a little bananas, but I'm also trying to do my sideline reports. So I have people in my ears who are like Mike Keith doing the actual broadcast and then Philip Noel, who's kind of my go-between, my producer. And he's your air traffic controller. Yeah, and yep. he's the one that's telling me, hey, can we come to you? And I was like, Philip, no, I think I'm going to jail. Just hang on. <laughs> so I turn around to Phil at one point because we try in the course of Titans Radio, we try to get Amy on pretty quickly to establish her role in the broadcast. It's like you're, you're setting, you set the lineup, so you set the cast of characters. We always introduce the lineups, you know, to start the broadcast. And Generally, when I do the lineups, I'll do like 14 names. And I know there are not 14 guys on the field, but you're trying to set who's going to play. Right. You know, who's going to be out there. Who's gonna, And then we try to, you know, we get Coach Mack on early on the broadcast. Jonathan Hutton's on early on the broadcast. And then we try to get Amy on early to establish that Amy is doing sidelines for Titans Radio. So I turn around to Phil. And I'm like, uh, is, does she have something? Because we had discussed talking about the turf. And I knew she she had a lot of information about how the turf was done, and so I was going to go to her pr- pretty early in the broadcast. And I turned around and looked at Phil. And I was like, "No." <laughs> and I'm like, w- w- "What has happened?" What? And I thought it was something that you were having like a technical problem with your equipment, and <laughs> that you couldn't hear us, or we couldn't hear you, or something. And instead, well, poor you were Phil, nearly arrested. I didn't know how to explain to him that I didn't exactly know what was going on because I know he's got a lot of people in his head too. So I try to keep it quick. So what came out of my mouth was, "Don't come to me. I might be going to jail." <laughs> he goes, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> All right. So we've told we've told plenty of stories. It is the bye week, an opportunity to heal for the Titans. Several guys who are dinged up, close to returning, going to need some time. Mm -hmm. I think we have a listing of of who they are. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is one that the Titans need to get back in the secondary. We know that Josh Klein hurt himself in the ballgame and limped off, still not saying what that injury is. Quentin Spain practiced on Friday, Jim. I thought he was going to play. He was a late scratch. I mean, the way this, the way the inactives come out, I think you've set a lot, and then uh, and they were written in in one type of ink, and then Quentin Spain's name was written in in a different kind of ink, which led you to believe 
he was they knew everybody except for him and he was a late addition to that group well he was out on the field in pregame working out in front of the head coach the general manager and Todd Tricelli our head trainer and um so I saw him doing things, and I wrote it down that, like, okay, Quentin Spain worked out, was cleared, and then I saw the inactives, and I was like, nope. No, <laughs> so I had to scratch yeah, it I, out. I, we so thought, I think he we, was close. We thought he was going to play. Um, and so then Will Compton is the other one that I think with a hamstring that will get back after the bye. I think the bye comes at a good time. Uh, neither he nor Derek Morgan traveled, so they were – uh, recuperating. We don't know how long Morgan is out at this point, but th- they're going to get back with a decently healthy football team. Yeah, and I think the reason Morgan stayed uh, was to be able to devote more time to to rehab and put himself in a position where he could be back. Sure. And so you not only get an extra week with the bye, you get an extra day with uh, with the Monday night game. So, uh, you know, looking at that list, again, Klein was a lower body injury um, and and. Mike Vrabel did not address that, but it sounds like Spain's close, and I agree with all those other guys. I thought Vaccaro made progress during the course of the week. Uh, he's going to have to wear a brace when he comes back. Right. He's never worn a brace uh, playing before, so he's going to have to adjust to that, and this going to be a pretty big one, too, for that elbow. But uh, I, I would think a lot of these guys on this list will be back and available. Good news, because November is going to be something for the Tennessee Titans. It is one of the most, if not the most interesting month schedule-wise that I've ever seen for the Titans because they will play the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night, November 5th. And Dallas is coming off a bye as well. Great. And they are 3-4 and four as well. And they are 3-0 and oh at home. Mm. And then it's the AFC champion New England Patriots. I think they've been the AFC champions for – 17 straight years or something. I was going to say 300. And then Indianapolis, who seems to be getting it together, you go up there, never beating Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck will be there. And then Monday night football against the Houston Texans, who could be on a seven-game win streak at that point. You hope not. I know. Yeah. But but they've got it together, and that's Monday night football. And then to, to go further, and we don't have it on the screen, but you turn around, you come home to play the Jets, and then on Thursday night, December 6th, after playing the Jets on the 2nd, you play Jacksonville. Yep. I mean, those six games are going to determine the Titans' season. Yeah, you want to give yourself a chance in December, and to do that, you've got to, you've got to play better football and win some games in November to make it happen. And uh, it's a tough road to hoe. There's no question about that. And, and the game against Dallas uh, is, going to be, is going to be tough. But I, I will say, I, mean, I, I think I, I left London kind of encouraged by some of the things I saw uh, from an offense standpoint. Uh, you know, defensively, you got to cut down on giving up some of these deep balls and the blown coverages. But uh, I, I do think, um, you know, that this team is kind of rebounded from a just a, a horrible performance against the Ravens. There's no other way to describe that yeah. game. So I think you saw more positive signs moving forward. I think the month of November is where you're going to see the character of this Titans team. I think that that's going to be the opportunity to see, all right, we've overcome some obstacles. We know the season started in a really bananas fashion. We had a lot of strange things happen early. Then they kind of went through, we'll call it a lull, where things didn't really go their way. This is the time where they either rise to the occasion and this is a team that's going to really hit their stride and take off and we're going to see some awesome things or we're going to see where there are some places that still need some work. I think November is going to be what reveals that. Let's take a look at the AFC South right now. Houston has now won four in a row after starting 0-3. People talking about Bill O'Brien being fired. And I think we all knew that they would come back and and here they are, the Texans 4-3. and Two wins in the division. They play actually tomorrow night against the Miami Dolphins. The Jaguars have lost three in a row. They're 0-2 in the division. They're in London against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then the Colts play the Raiders. Who still plays for the Raiders? I don't know. It's like John Gruden and himself. Like, uh, are there still players on that team? That is crazy. I think they've yeah. traded most Derek of them. Derek Carr for now. He's got to be looking around wondering what's going on. Uh, you know, it's it's you know I, it sure seems like they're setting things up, and they're and boy, they're going to be loaded in the draft as a result of some of these moves they've well, made. Well, see, I, I don't believe that. Let me tell you why. Because I think Gruden will turn around and trade draft picks for veteran players. Yep, 
I agree. With I that. think because he he is the modern day George Allen, and a friend of mine told me this years ago, and another friend of mine reconfirmed it last fall. John Gruden would <laughs> never ever be a college football coach because he couldn't stand to have all those young guys who don't have their life to completely devote to football. He likes those guys 28 to 34 who are pro football players. He's gotten rid of a couple of good ones. I mean, between Mike and Cooper, uh, you know, those are two guys that are tough to part ways with. It just has a feel that they're building toward Vegas. I mean, people in Oakland don't want to hear that, uh, but – uh, with the draft picks, whether he used them to, to pick the young guys or trades them, it seems like he's trying to build the team. They're trying to build the team where they're kind of ready to go once they get to Vegas and going to be competitive again. But right now, it's uh, people got to be frustrated in Oakland because uh, these are the guys. They, those are probably the majority of the jerseys. Why yeah. could we play them this year? I know. I mean, yeah. every Holy last smokes. year when we played them, they were the AFC favorites in Week One. Yeah. And when they left here, everybody said, well, that's yeah. a tough loss, but Oakland's really good, you know. Yeah. Nobody thought the world was ending because we lost to Oakland, and then they went in the tank and fired the coach. And I'll tell you what, if you're Derek over, Carr, you've got to be looking around going, what, what has just happened? happened? Because he went from being one of the young, up-and-coming, right. great quarterbacks in the league to now being called a crybaby by, like, his own teammates and people on TV, and he had all these weapons around him, right. and now they're all magically disappearing, and they were this team that was really on the rise and favored in the AFC, I know. and now they're just... Who knows? Yeah. Let's look at the AFC South upcoming schedules. H- Houston has a very favorable schedule upcoming. Hmm. All right, so Houston's at Denver after they play uh, against the Miami Dolphins tomorrow night. Denver's not very good. They can they can win that game. Of course, the Titans play Monday night against Dallas. And then in week 10, New England is at Tennessee. Jacksonville travels to Indianapolis. Certainly a winnable game for them. Yeah. And uh, I think that's Houston's bye weekend, if I'm not mistaken. And so continuing forward, week 11, Tennessee at Indianapolis, Houston at Washington, Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. Another winnable game for the Texans. Then Thanksgiving weekend, Jacksonville at Buffalo. You see Jacksonville's schedule outside of that Pittsburgh game. They've got a chance to get healthy. Miami at Indianapolis. And Indy could string some wins together. You know, they can get back into this thing. And then Tennessee at Houston to end the month for Monday Night Football. So, I mean, the Titans have to take care of their business because it looks like the other teams in the AFC South are going to have the opportunity to, you know, to stack some wins, as Dave McGinnis likes to say. Yeah, you can't let games – the time for letting games slip away has got to end. And this team's let some games slip away. You know, the game this past weekend – Winnable game, you know, yeah, they, they, the play at the end, the two-point conversion didn't work, but there were some other plays in that game where there's a drop passes, the interception at the end of the first half. Uh, I, I mentioned, you know, the blown coverages. I mean, you, you, you can probably pick four or five plays in this past game. If you make any of them, you'll win, and it didn't happen. The Buffalo game, inexcusable. That, that's the one I think you look back. It's one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, the way things have played out, and uh, that's the one that haunts you. But Baltimore, you just flat got beat. I mean, uh, right? Uh, you can't say anything more about that. The Miami game, you know, just an odd game, another one that slipped away. But the time for saying I let that one slip away, you keep doing that, and you're going to be watching the rest of the division um, compete, and you're going to be on the sideline. So, so Titans need to start winning some games here uh, in November to make December interesting. Well, because they've – I mean, realistically, if you're the Titans at this moment, you've got to win the division. Mm-hmm. Now, you may be able to make it as a wild card. We don't know how it's going to end up. We know all of that can get sort of thrown around by the time we get to December. But at this moment, having lost to Miami, having lost to Buffalo, having lost to Baltimore, having lost to Los Angeles, the AFC Los Angeles – Four losses in the conference. Yeah, not great. Not a great formula to win a tiebreaker 
to to make it as a wild card. But a great formula to win the AFC South. Right. I mean, with with two and get a home with, playoff. Yeah, game. and th- and that's what you want to do. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I do think this team's put itself in a tough spot to to get a wild card spot. But that's not what you want to do anyway. You want to win the division. This team's two and zero. Uh, got obviously some big games left against Jacksonville and Houston. Uh, you win a playoff, you, you, as you mentioned. You win the AFC South. You get a home playoff game, and uh, that's the goal. And I think it's still very uh, attainable. All right, so we're going to talk about where this team needs to improve, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball to Ashley Farrell. No, nope, no drop balls. I don't want to show drop balls. I don't want to talk about drop balls. I think we understand this team has to catch the ball better. Do we all agree? Can we just not dwell on that right now? Uh, yeah. We, we, can, we, we could, can look past that. We could we take look a. Past we it. could. I'm not saying look past it. I'm saying, can we all we just, just agree? Just see that that's got to happen. Yeah. That that has to happen. And we just by week, we just don't want any negativity in here. You're having a don't. <laughs> you're having a Dunkin' Donut. Can You've I had, eat this donut? It's been sitting in front of I me ate mine for the kind entirety of t- in little can bites. Can you guys see that this? It's Oreo, and I can for Halloween. smell it for Halloween. And I want it. All right. I'm well, you can it. take a bite. Yeah, you while, guys start talking. Well, we talk about because what we came up with, and I'm sorry, Ash, about the I I don't want she does all this hard work, and I don't want to ruin it, but I just can't I can't take the negativism today. But we're getting ready to get into it, aren't we? Well, we're not talk negativism. About. Constructive discussion <laughs> is what I like to go. With. By the way, I I will I do want to show. You want to see a good catch? Yeah. You want to see a good catch? Mm-hmm. I can't hear you. You're eating your donut there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> all right, let's show this Luke Stocker touchdown. How about this That catch? was contested. That was contested big time in a big moment. And Luke Stocker, with a guy hanging all over him, catches it and puts it on his shoulder with his left hand and holds it to the ground. It didn't get any attention because of the two-point plays. But this was a big-time catch in, on fourth and one after it had been ruled that Mariota did not get in on the run. Stocker, that guy's grabbing him around the waist before the ball ever gets there. And that's okay. I mean, that's football. It's a good play. And Stocker holds it all the way to the ground. Look at Vrabel. Yes, sir. And immediately, what's he signaling? We're going for two. Can you see him back there? He was not hesitating. Then last night on the show, on his radio show, Mike Vrabel gave me grief for mentioning that Luke Stocker attended the University of Tennessee. What? He did. Well, he did, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> How come he didn't like you pointing that out? Well, I do talk on the radio. I do mention guys' colleges all the time. I think it was that he felt like I was giving him some sort of extra love because he went to the same school that I did. Do you think he's better over that Ohio State game over the weekend? <laughs> no, I think I think he's bitter <laughs> about what happened in London. Yeah, I think he's bitter. I mean, that guy's grinding, man. I, I mean, he's grinding. During the breaks in the TV show and the radio show, he's sitting over here working on stuff. I mean, this guy, I, I, I really, with you. I'm telling you, I think he's going to be successful. I think he is going to be a super head coach. I, I think he's got it. I think he cares about it. He's not focused on all the small stuff. It was like the operations guys in London. They told him what the plan was. He's like, okay, go do it. How many coaches yep. have you been around in a variety of sports that they're consumed about how the forks are laid out? Mm-hmm. Or you're like, come on, really? Yeah. I mean, you hear these stories. You know some of these people. This guy's all about ball. He's all about staff. He's wanting his staff to cut through the chase with him. Who needs to be playing? Who doesn't need to be playing? What plays we re- need to run? What plays we don't? What formations we need to run? I, I mean – that's all it's about. It's about finding a way to win in Dallas right now for him all the way. And if you talk to anyone in any department around here, they'll tell you the same thing. Sure they that will. he lets them do their job. That's it. They'll take things to him and he's very quick to say, I don't care about that at all. Well, but you if do it, but if he does, doing. he he says and he, and he does have a lot of thoughts about things, but right. he says, here's what I want. Now just go do it. Exactly. It, it's not about, you know, because the the He's gen- not a micromanager. No, no, nope. no, no. He trusts the people around him to do, do what their needs job. to be done That's right. and lets them do it, That's right. which is so awesome. And I, I like the fact that he owns it, too. I mean, he he's, was very decisive in what he wanted to do against, uh, you know, in the two-point 
decision, and he's done that all the way through this year in any decision that he's made. And then when it doesn't work out, I mean, he he's not looking to pass the buck. I mean, he owns it. Says my decision. You know, he and he's gonna not gonna make excuses. Uh, and I think that sets a great example for players in the locker room. I think you're right. All right, so let's talk about where this team needs to improve. Suggestions. Jim Wyatt, give me one area where you think the Tennessee Titans need to improve. This team has to run the ball better. I mean, coming into the season, that's what we talk so much about, the one-two punch with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. And uh, right now this team's ranked 17th in the league in rushing offense. I look at you know Derrick Henry's, uh, not to beat up on him, but right now he's 84 carries, 273 yards, uh, he's got an, a 10-carry, 26-yard game, an 18-carry, 56-yard game, an 18-carry, 57-yard game, an 8 for 24, 11 for 56, 7 for 21. And then this past weekend uh, went 12 for 33. I mean, I, I personally thought those numbers would look a lot better. It's not all on him. Obviously, this team needs to be in a position where it can run it more and play with a lead, and then you can pound it away. I hear so many people talk about, well, he needs to run the ball 20, 25 carries a game. It's hard to do that when you're not in a game where you can do it, and it's hard to do it when you're not really getting the productivity out of a guy uh, who is averaging 3.3 yards a carry. So I thought we saw some positive signs against the Chargers, especially with Deion Lewis. I thought he played extremely well, went 13 for 91. But this team is going to have to run the ball better moving forward to take pressure off of the quarterback, to take pressure off of the receivers, and to just kind of make this offense go. And uh, it has not been what I thought it would be to this point. Right. Do you want to go next or do you want to keep eating your donut? I'll go next. Okay. I'm saving the donut. Okay. My area is the red zone. The Tennessee Titans need to do a better job of getting in the red zone and scoring points. Scoring points is the real thing in the red zone specifically. 15 points per game is what the Titans are averaging right now. That's got to go up. And that's not splendid. We're going to need to score more points. And here's the interesting little nugget. We talked about this earlier. Only three plays for 30-plus yards. So they're not doing anything yeah, to get the all op- the way down the field right. anyway. Yeah, so they got to drive the ball. Right. So they've got to keep going. Two red zone plays per game in six. Two red zone possessions. Yes. What did I say? Plays? Plays, yeah. Oh, excuse me. That's all right. Two red zone possessions per game, 16 total. That's not enough. And seven touchdowns in 16 trips to the red zone. For a team that led the NFL in that department two years ago. That's what I was going to say. So two years ago, when the Tennessee Titans were in the red zone, you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were going to score. You just felt it in your bones because the numbers told you they were going to. Now, like... 15 points per game? Come on, guys. Let's go. So more points. More points. More explosive plays. But when you get down there, most importantly, score touchdowns. Yeah, let's score some touchdowns, guys. I think that's a fair. That's how football goes. All right, so here's mine. Run defense. Okay. Flip side of the ball. Yeah, run defense. The Titans, now, they played against Melvin Gordon's backup, Austin Eckler, last week. Okay. So right now the Titans are giving up 112 rushing yards per game. If Melvin Gordon plays, that number's probably higher. So I I think it's skewed down, and that's good. But in essence, it's been basically over 120 all year, which is unacceptable. If they're going to make a run in the second half going against Ezekiel Elliott and Sonny Michelle and the backs in Houston, whether that be Blue or Miller – and then Isaiah Crowell has been fantastic for the Jets this year. He has a 200-yard rushing performance. Uh, Carlos Hyde just got traded to uh, Jacksonville to join Leonard Fournette, who will be healthy by December the 6th, undoubtedly. The Giants have Saquon Barkley. Uh, so you get the point. 112 rushing yards per game. The teams they play are averaging at least 112 rushing yards. Jacksonville's will be higher than it is right now if they've got four net. They, they want to go about 140 a game. If you're playing good run defense and doing what the Titans have done, holding the opposition to roughly 85 to 90 yards, it changes third downs, it changes field position, it changes time of possession. It's a big factor not just, not just to make the other team predictable, but to get the ball back for your offense. 
I think it's part of this complementary football formula that the Titans have to have straight, and boy, they sure have to have it straight on November 5th, because if they don't, Ezekiel Elliott will run all night. He's phenomenal. Third in the league in rushing, too, Dallas. Yeah, and, and, and Ezekiel Elliott is just – he's phenomenal. And Saquon Barkley, when we see him later in the year, Sonny Michelle has 100-yard games, and I know he's been a little dinged up, but oh, my goodness. I, I mean, they have got to if, – if they can clamp down on the run, I think it changes a lot of the look about them in the second half of the year. I think what we say as we look at the Titans statistically – they haven't really done anything well. They've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. They've been okay. They've been not so good. They've been really not good in, in some areas. Um, if they can pick some of these things up, it's not like they have to flip a switch and become a whole new team. Right. I mean, they can play red zone better. They can run the ball better. They can have run defense improve. I think it's completely doable without it getting crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the run defense part. And I mean, don't you, drop the ball. You, you should. <laughs> We're uh, not talking about that. We're not talking about that. <laughs> I mean, I miss, t- team was without Wesley Woodard a couple of games. That hurt. I think Rashawn Evans certainly had to f- kind of find his way to where he was more comfortable there. I like what I've seen from John Brown, certainly. But I, I think you've got some factors that should help the run defense moving forward. But it's got to tackle better. I know before this game, uh, Mike Vrabel counted you know, right at 14 missed tackles in back-to-back losses. And uh, so that number's got to improve. Uh, and Dallas is going to run it right at the Titans. I mean, they've, they've had some issues uh, on offense, and the quick, quickest way to fix some of those is just to pound it with uh, with Elliott. So that's what the Titans are going to be faced with coming off the bye. And uh, but that's, that's one area that's got to get better. I agree with you on that. But here's what we all need to remember in talking about these areas for improvement, and it's kind of to your point, Mike, that there's nothing dramatically bad. In every single Titans loss, we've been in the ball game for most of the time. Even Except Baltimore. Well, b- and even in that Baltimore game, the score wasn't well, that's true. 46 to 0. Yes. It was 21. We were in that game yeah. until the very end. I mean – and John Robinson has said it. Mike Vrabel has said it. It's come down to three or four plays. But it always does. Well, it always does. But it's that's ti- what I'm saying. Time to make them. Well, yeah, of course. It's always time to make it's them. It's November. But what I'm saying is there's not a dramatic overhaul. No one needs to be fired. There's no personnel that needs to be changed. There's not a dramatic ah, thing ah, that ah, needs ah, to happen. I'm going to stop you. Oh. Somebody needs to be fired? No. Oh, You're you. fine. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Come to my office and bring your and bring your computer. Bring your visor. Uh, bring your visor and your computer. No, uh, trade deadline. Oh, that's true. Trade deadline. Okay, so let's have a let, let's just talk let's for just a second. Trade deadline. Donut. Write it down, Titans fans. Even in Germany, three o'clock Central Time next Tuesday. Amari Cooper got traded this week. What time Big is snacks. That Harrison, defensive lineman, went from the Giants to Detroit for a fifth round pick overnight. Uh, Teams can make trades now because more teams have cap room to absorb contracts. If the Titans, and I'm not talking about a specific player, but if the Titans were going to be in the market, remember they've already traded a sixth-round pick for Kamale Correa, so you could contend they've already made their deal. If there was a position, is, is there somewhere that would make sense? Yeah, I think- And it would have to be for – I mean, he's not trading – a one or a two or a three, I wouldn't think. I mean, that would be shocking. Yeah, I mean, and I think the most obvious one is receiver. Uh, but the things with that said, I am somewhat skeptical on how much of an impact a receiver could make coming in here midseason because you sign a guy and I, it takes them a while to get used to a new system, to get used to a new offense, to get used to a new quarterback. I mean, we saw it with Randy Moss way back in the day. And it's not that Randy Moss was done at that stage of his career. He was slowing down, but he went, you know, he changed teams a year later and and did pretty well. So uh, he still was still capable at that point. But uh, I think it's tough to expect a guy to come in and be what he was in his old city immediately. But I think it's receiver. I mean, I, that, that's where I would go. Um, where else? I mean. I mean, I Maybe think tight end. I, I, I was going to say tight end. Well, see, I I don't know about either one of those positions because of what you sort of hedged your bet with, which was, can that guy come in and help you? 
I mean, doesn't know your system. The, the nice thing about the Amari Cooper trade is they make the deal and they've got two weeks to get him ready for whatever package he's going to play against us. Uh, yeah, great news. <laughs> and and he's played well in the past against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Swell. Yeah. Uh, nice Thanks, kid. Cowboys. Nice kid when he was in here on his pre-draft visit. We enjoyed meeting him. He was. He was a very nice yeah. guy. A little don't, quiet. Don't but very care nice. for him anymore now that he's <laughs> after well. he's caught like nine touchdowns. <laughs> um, no, he was a real nice kid, and he's a good player. And I think Dallas's explanation of that makes a lot of sense. We were going to take a first-round wide receiver in April in Nashville, and we just fi- so we traded our one for a guy we feel like is better than anybody we could get in the first round of that draft. It makes sense. It makes sense. I think it's a high price. I think if you're going to make a trade, you're probably looking for a, a, a defensive lineman who can come in and help you or somebody who can cover kicks at linebacker, a running back. That That's why the – You've got to have a very specific need or you don't make a deal, I don't think, because the skill guys you're not going to get at a bargain basement price. You're going to get you're going to have to pay more for them like the Cowboys did for Cooper, and the question is how much can they help you? But can't you make an argument and I'm just spitballing here. I'm just thinking out loud. Couldn't you make an argument for bringing in a tight end who can predominantly serve as someone who's doing more blocking, that sort of thing, free up a guy like John New Smith or someone else who can do more receiving. Well, but Stocker does that. I guess that's true. I mean, Stocker. But why don't you have Stocker as more of a receiver? Well, Clearly, he can do that. Well, I mean, he, he caught I mean, it he's in not space, but I mean, he's the not the fastest human being. No, in the he's world, not but Delaney. He can, but he can catch a football. He can catch football, that's and that's true. something we need to have happen. That helps. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but I mean, we're not talking about that, but it needs to happen. Well, no, I'm not saying we're not <laughs> talking about it. I'm saying my my point is I didn't want anybody to watch or listen to this OTP and think we did not realize catching the football is needs to happen more. We know. We know. That's it. We know. <laughs> uh, but I didn't want to dwell on it because I think if you dwell on it, you reinforce the negative energy. I like you infusing positivity into this podcast. It's refreshing. <laughs> But, uh, but you're saying it's different for me. It's nice. Hey, can we can we infuse some real positivity right now about a Dory Jackson? We can. Tell me, and, and we know his mom has beaten breast cancer. Mm-hmm. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month for it the is. entire league. It's Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell everybody what a Dory's doing. So a Dory is cor- currently involved in the Real Men Wear Pink campaign. And so what that basically means is these guys are wearing pink for the entire month of October. They are embracing the fact that men need to be involved in raising awareness for breast cancer. And so that's what he's doing. And he's doing it to, j- to raise funds, to donate to the American Cancer Society, I believe. And um, yep. I got a yes from Ashley Farrell. Ashley so Farrell. So for the American Cancer Society, and it's it's such a cool thing, and I've had the chance to talk to him about it a little bit, and he is a man who really attributes a lot of his success to women. As you said, his mom had breast cancer, and that was a big thing for their family. For Can we hear overcome. some of that? Yeah, that would be great. Let's have him say it. Don't let me say it for him. Oh, it's okay. Is she in the next room? I'm really here for my mom. Um, growing up, I was a mama's boy. Uh, a lot of men probably can relate to that, and see my mom go through such a thing that at the time not understanding you hear cancer and you think the worst but not understanding that she could overcome it or could beat it so um, to see my mom fight it was my sophomore year in college she used to come to all my games she used to come see me play and then my sophomore year she just stopped showing up to my games um, my dad eventually told me my mom was sick but I never knew the extent of what was going on so he would just tell me your mom is sick she just gotta go to a doctor's appointment so then at the end of the season I go back home to visit my mom. So I'm from East St. Louis, Illinois. I was all the way out in California. So I get back home, my mom, she had this scarf on. She always wears scarves. She used to do my hair just like this as a kid and put my <laughs> scarf on. So I see my mom with the scarf. She just took it off and uh, she was, all her hair was gone. And it was, it was weird to see my mom like that. And for me, uh, instantly just broke down and cried, understanding that my mom was going through something that I didn't know the magnitude of um, looking at her fingernails. She was showing me her toenails. Uh, the chemo treatment and have everything, I guess, deteriorating. It made me appreciate, I don't want to say life because I never took it for granted, but appreciate my mom and the many blessings that she taught me and gave me uh, in life. And for us as men, understanding that 
women do play a huge role and a huge part of our life. Um, as you, if you read the Bible, it says that a man needs a woman in life um, to go on about his day. And for, for that sense, um, seeing my dad, how strong he is, is because of my mom. And me being who I am today is because of my mother. So um, that's why I am here today wearing pink and supporting all the women uh, that here are maybe affected because uh, without you guys, I'm telling you this world wouldn't be the way it is. So I thank you guys and appreciate you. Love that, Adoree Jackson. Good Absolutely. stuff right there. Well, if people want to donate, they can go to mainacsevents.org slash wear slash pink. And then you can type in those. See, there it is on the screen. Main.acsevents.org slash wear slash pink. And then you type in Adoree Jackson, his name, and you can donate on his behalf nice which is awesome all right so what do we do we're back to thursday next week by the way thank you for watching us and listening to us on a wednesday edition of the otp what are we doing next week no game to talk about yeah mike no trip to london to talk about i had a little idea all right i think what we should do because we've we're coming off of this experience of meeting all of these fans and they were great it was awesome and getting a lot of support let's get them involved shall we what if next week, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, what if next week we took questions from fans and we answered them on the OTP? Like the Jim Wyatt mailbag? Like Jim Wyatt's mailbag without all the butt kissing that he requires <laughs> to answer Does a somebody have to tell you how great yeah. you, uh, for you to read their yeah. question? Love oh, some, stuff, of the, some of these, boy, whew. Some really of these questions you? the last couple <laughs> weeks have been. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about the questions. I'm talking about the lead up. Uh-huh. Well, I have to admit, I kill fan. out some of the lead-ups because I it, because I, I don't want, want people to say. Uh, Just like what we're yeah. doing right now. <laughs> yeah. So know. I kill out some of that stuff. But at the same time, I feel like people are trying to be sincere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I want to let, let them speak. <laughs> let them speak. Well, we know. We're hip to your game. But really, what if we. First time, long time, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> but what if we really took fans' show. questions, answered them about anything about the OTP, what this show so, is like. So if they're going to if they're gonna send us something about why doesn't Derrick Henry get the ball more, we're going to say we don't know. Well, we don't know the answer I mean, to we that don't question. Know, I mean, that's just, but I, we can honestly answer our questions, and the honest answer to why doesn't Derrick Henry get the ball more is, I don't know. I mean, right. we I don't mean, do and, it. And, and, and they're behind. I mean, we. Yeah. my point is not just we don't know, but mm-hmm. that's been answered. You're saying give us some questions about things – that we don't always talk about. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I ask that. us what it's like working for the team. Ask Mike Keith if he no. wears a wig every day. Like, ask whatever whoa, whoa, you whoa, want. Whoa, 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 I say do it. Do, wh- These are things I we thought don't that talk was off. I day. thought that was off limits, uh, the wig. Oh. <laughs> you just brought that up. <laughs> so, no? Seriously? No to the wig? <laughs> That's a negative? <laughs> wow. That's on off limits like drops. We don't talk about <laughs> drops or wigs on this show. I'm just saying, ask questions about things we don't normally get to talk about. Okay. We'll answer them honestly. I think it's time to go now. I think that's <laughs> going to be great. Well, we, okay. All right, so where do people send the questions? I think just tweet them at me, at Titans Amy. Tweet me your questions. Well, let's throw up both of your Twitter oh, handles. Follow this. us on social media, Jim White, at J. White Sports, Amy Wells, at Titans Amy. That's A-M-I-E. Yeah. And subscribe to the titansonline.com slash podcast subscribe to the otp i didn't say that well titansonline.com slash podcast and thank you to all over all over the world uh you made our weekend i mean just in all seriousness cutting out all joking and when we do you know certainly tease one another and everything but i mean it was it meant a lot It, it really was something else that people were so nice about that uh you sometimes, you know, you're doing your job, whatever your job is, and you get in the rhythm of whatever's happening, and you you sometimes forget um, that other people really take a big interest in what you do and and are so appreciative, and it just it just meant so much. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was an awesome, awesome experience. It was so great meeting people, and we hope to hear from you in the next what seven, eight days. We got seven days. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got eight days until the show, mm-hmm. until the next OTP. Yeah. So you got a whole week. Collect all of your questions. Send them to us. So now we head to the bi-week schedule. We've got availability uh, here coming up, open locker room that starts here in about 10 minutes. Then the 
then the assistant coaches speak at uh, at noon. I'm sure Matt Lafleur is going to be asked about the ending of that game, sure. on, uh, but he's obviously going to want to move on as well. And then uh, the I Kentucky think, Derby to get out of here. Yep, and then I think we may find out uh, game date and time for the uh, for Washington for the Washington game today. Oh, woo-hoo. so that's something to keep, uh, keep your ears unknown. open for because uh, that's uh, closing on Christmas too. So that's the December 22nd, 23rd weekend. The game um, will game day and time will expect to be announced today. Yeah, I was looking to, to see if it had come out officially uh, because the league is supposed to announce four different game times for, the, for week 15 and week 16 because they do have Saturday games. And to this point, uh, nothing out. So stay tuned to Jim White again at Jay White Sports. At Jay White Sports. At Amy. At, at Titans, Titans Amy. Amy. At mm-hmm. Titans Amy. Yep. And, of course, uh, you can follow TitansOnline.com for every great thing that the great Jim Wyatt writes. Um, have a wonderful bye weekend. Thank you. All right. For Amy Wells and Jim Wyatt, my name is Mike Keith, and you have been watching and listening to the OTP. Yeah.